Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. A big welcome everyone to our podcast today and in this episode we have John Horn joining us. Now John is the CEO of Stub Group. But more importantly, they are a premier Google partner and they're ranked by Google in the top 1% for performance and customer care. So I think that's pretty impressive. A big welcome to you, John. Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, you have um, a good number of employees. You have a good number of customers. You've got this 1%, top 1% ranking within Google, which I think is really quite phenomenal, the premier ranking. And one of the questions that um, I'd like to kind of just kick off with, well, I'm going to hand over to Callum because he's the one that kicks off with the questions to start with. But first of all, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, John, awesome awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks very much for, for joining. And I think it'll be really interesting to hear from some of our clients. You know, a lot of them are really into scaling their business. How do they get more clients? How do they retain them for longer? And we kind of touched on this just before we started hitting record. And I think this is probably what mum was going to ask you anyway. But what does that like premier tier actually mean? And how do you help those clients kind of retain more of those customers with the work that you, that you do with them? Just be kind of curious to hear. Yeah, yeah, great question. So Google has a program where they partner with agencies who are responsible for managing ad spend on behalf of, of businesses, on behalf of their clients. And so there's lots of what they call Google partners out there that are doing this. And then there's a tier above that called Premier Google Partners. And basically what that means is it's the, the cream de la cream of all the Google partners that are out there. And they have to meet certain criteria based upon how much ad spend they're managing, what their client retention rate looks like, best practices that they are putting in place for their clients. And by meeting those different eligibility criteria and having that relationship with Google, we as a premier partner are able to then in turn give more advanced support and access to betas and lots of different advantages to our clients that work with us. Got it. Makes sense. I'm sure that's something that's very difficult to achieve and incredibly useful for the, for the clients that you work with. And what I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, John, um, I, I'm sure when a lot of clients take you on, they're kind of like looking for advice for leadership in a sense to how do they gain these clients, how do they retain them for longer, how do they grow their business? And I think so looking kind of externally with your clients and maybe the work you also do with your employees internally, what do you think like great leadership and advice in that sort of sense looks, means to you? Big part of it very much is listening is understanding what is being communicated to you both explicitly and also you know, under, under, the, uh, under the radar by both your team members and your clients and looking to see, okay, are there pain points that my team, for example, are consistently um, hitting, consistently hitting a brick wall here and I see there's frustrations that are building or challenges that are building either between people or with processes they're having to follow or specific clients they're having to deal with. And ultimately it's about being proactive. How can I identify those problems or issues before they bubble up into a bigger deal and be able to help my team work through those and say, okay, hey, here's, you know, here's a conflict you're working with. Let's figure this out. 
understand both sides and figure out how we can come together. Um, so I think listening is very important and, and proactively watching and monitoring what's going out, what's going on with your team. And then also setting that vision for your team. This is something that, again, I'm always looking to, to improve on, certainly not saying I'm, uh, I figured it out and have the, the perfect answer to it, but it's, it's about making sure your team knows where you're heading yourself as a leader and, and your company as a whole, and what are the different benchmarks along the way that you're trying to achieve? How can they be measuring their own, their own success as team members, as well as the company's success in achieving those goals and making sure that they view it not just as, you know, punching a time card, I clock in and clock out, but no, really being invested in where's the company going and how can I help the company get there and then in turn, you know, gain value myself from the company as an employee. For sure. And one of the, the thing you said at the side of John reminded me of something that we talked about in a previous podcast uh, a while ago. It was some, one of, something one of our guests shared with us. And you're talking about the, the <clears throat> excuse me, the roadblocks that your employees have, being able to kind of help them overcome those challenges and ultimately move forward to, towards that vision. And one of the things that our previous guest said was leadership is all about the self-improvement and the self-development of others above and kind of beyond yourself. But obviously it's like a byproduct of that. You're obviously self-developing quite a bit yourself too. What are your thoughts on, on that? Absolutely. Um, I often go back to uh, the comment, you know, leadership is you know, like for being a CEO, for example, which is the role I'm in is 70% you know, HR, 30% dealing with everything else. It's about building into your team members and, viewing things not as a hierarchy of, okay, I'm, I'm above the team and they're here to accomplish what I'm trying to do, but really that servant leadership aspect of, I've got this team I put in place. How can I help them, equip them to accomplish our goals, both as a company and also their personal goals? How can I equip them to learn, to increase their skill set to move into the positions that they are more interested in or want to move into in the company, you know, things that would better suit their, their passions or, or skill sets. And so it's, it's a lot of that just, again, listening, observing, working with team members and, and figuring out what's the, the best place in the puzzle to fit different people into. Mm. I'm sure mum's got a question boiling up, and, and, but there's one thing I just want to, I'd love to dive into in a bit more detail. You mentioned that phrase there, kind of like servant leadership. And one of the things we've talked about on the podcast before is having this like, you know, top down approach, sorry, top down, bottom up approach where, you know, you have the kind of leader at the, say, the bottom of the organization acting as like the safety net, encouraging other employees to take risks, move forwards. And, you know, if things go wrong, you know, they're not, they don't fear that failing or whatever the, the, the leader is there to kind of take the fall and help support and move you forwards. So I'd really just kind of like love to dive into that in a bit more detail. What does, um, could you tell me a bit more about what sort of um, servant leadership like means within your business and, and what your sort of view is on that job? Yeah, absolutely. So to me, what that means is finding, finding that balance. So you do have to realize, obviously, that people need to pull their weight in your organization. And when I look at things as a servant leadership, if I see a team member who is not doing their job competently, the first question is, okay, figure out what, what is that? Is it that they need more training? And is that something that can come alongside of them and say, okay, we're going to make you better. We're going to make you, you know, increase your skill set by providing you this training or by introducing you to this team member who's been there, done that, and can come, come on board with you and help you get there. Um, or is it, hey, they're just not the right fit for this position. You know, they're, they're a competent person working hard, but they're just not, not the right fit to get things done. And in that case, is there somewhere else that I can move them into in, in the organization that would be a good fit for them and for us? Or are we just, you know, not the right fit together and we move on and part amicably? Um, 
but what's I think important to remember in that serving leadership side of things is if you've got a team member who's just not pulling their weight, it's not an issue of not having the training, but they're just not, not doing what needs to be done. They don't have a good work ethic, whatever. Well, if you kind of coddle that and let that go on for too long, you are doing a poor job of leading your other team members who are also looking to you for that leadership and looking to the company, obviously, to be successful, to keep them in their, in their jobs and in their career paths and have, give them the opportunities they need. So when I look at serving leadership, it's, it's both a combination of, okay, how can I help you as my team member thrive and get what you need, but also are you bearing your weight when it comes to the team as a whole? And, you know, am I being fair to my team as a whole with the amount of input I'm putting into you compared to what I'm having to put into, put into you know, other people? And so viewing things holistically in that way. It's such an important point, I think, isn't it? Because it can be very easy to focus on just trying to help the one person that's struggling, but not take into account how the rest of the team might be feeling about that. So a really good point there. What, John, has been one of your biggest challenges in... Um, developing your, the culture in your organization and having that lead and um, servant leadership style and um, perhaps also yeah. you could well please please go I've got another question if I can back and park for a moment yeah absolutely well one thing that's been interesting to navigate here a little bit more recently is the change from in-person to remote work which many many businesses obviously have had to go through and we've we've gone through that as well um, a couple of years ago it largely coincided with COVID hitting. I wasn't the direct catalyst, but it did kind of expedite. Okay, let's we're going you know fully remote now as opposed to maybe six months from now, which had been the, the plan at that point. And so I think a big part of of building company culture now that we are remote and that I'm not seeing people on a day to day basis and chatting around the water cooler is still looking for opportunities to interact with them, not just on the work side of things, but also understand what's what's going on in their lives and their personal side of things that plays into their work and plays into the challenges that they're they're dealing with across the board as they work for us. And so there's a lot of different ways to try and accomplish that. Um, we use Slack as our internal communication tool here at Stub Group. And so all day, constantly throughout the day, you know, we're able to check in with each other, ask questions, know what's going on. And that helps to, you know, maintain some of that togetherness that you might lose if it's if you're always just oh shoot an email to somebody and you know an hour later they reply that kind of thing but then also it's important to have conversations have regular conversations that aren't just work related so one thing that we do is we have a, a weekly quote-unquote virtual lunch call which because we have a lot of different time zones sometimes it's lunch for one person and closer to dinner for another but you know it's it's a time where we can all get together and chat about non-work things it's often it's just chatting about random stuff sometimes we'll play games together or go through quizzes together and that's a way of really helping to give different people the opportunity to interact with each other, especially people who maybe don't have a lot of scenarios where they're going to work together on a particular, you know, in a, in a work day, because maybe they don't share a lot of work together. But when you have those types of more company-wide conversations, they had that opportunity to, to chat with each other, get to know each other better and facilitate kind of that, that team spirit and togetherness. So I think that's, that's something that we've found to be very helpful, but also I think bigger picture, just culturally, when it comes to the culture we want to uh, we want to establish with people, it's giving people the ability to make mistakes without you know yelling at them. So people can make mistakes here, stub group, and no, they're not going to get get chewed out. I'm not going to call and say how you know how on earth could you ever do that? You know, it's that's terrible. You're stupid. That kind of thing. 
what we want to do is figure out, okay, if a mistake was made, let's own up to it, let's address to it, and let's figure out how do we prevent that from happening again? How can we make this a learning opportunity? And so when people have that freedom from fear to kind of approach things, it gives them the ability to think outside the box and be creative, which is so important in the advertising space, because that's what we're being hired to do for our clients, not just check a box, but you know, figure out how are we going to run the next big campaign for you and, and drive success for your business. And so I think having that kind of going back home to what you mentioned, that, that safety net of when you make a mistake, someone's there to help pick things up is a very important part of the culture that we're looking to build here. And also we talked about, didn't we, just about that situation when you have a client that's disrespecting a member of your team. And I'm sure many business owners who are listening to this or people stepping into leadership may be facing that situation in the future. I know I've certainly faced that when a client almost said, well, they did say, we don't want this person working on this particular contract anymore. And that was a valued member of the team. So could you just share where you've faced an experience like that, John, and how you've helped navigate through that situation so the client is okay and the employee is okay about it? Absolutely. Unfortunately, I've had to deal with lots of those types of scenarios because that's just the reality of working in the advertising space and working with lots and lots of clients. You know, the, the majority of the clients we work with it's a privilege to work with them. They're lots of fun to work with and they truly view us as a member of their team coming on board to help them succeed. But then you always have that percentage of clients and percentage of just personalities that do not approach work in that way and do not approach our team members with respect and with you know camaraderie. So there's, I can give you know, multiple, multiple examples and there's been different ways that we'll handle things. I think a big part of you know, that first step of when you see a client disrespecting a team member is digging in, understanding what, what's going on, what seems to be the root cause of that disrespect, and also making sure that your team members know that you have their back. So that's one thing I think in a lot of, of just agencies and companies in general, a team member feels, oh, if a client comes and complains to my boss, I'm just going to get thrown under the bus and the boss is going to say, oh, whatever, you know, yes, you're right, client, we're going to, we're going to go with you and, and, and believe your side of the, the story, quote unquote. I think it's really important. And what I try to, to foster in our team members here is, hey, I've got your back client comes and starts complaining about things or they're disrespecting you or whatever, we're going to jump in and figure it out. Now, if my team member is truly messing up and is not being competent, not doing well for the client, well, then certainly we're going to make things right for the client and figure out is that why the client doesn't respect them? Is that, you know, driving things forward? But often it's more of a, a miscommunication issue or a perception issue where the client thinks X and your team member thinks Y, and that just keeps building and bubbling over. And so your client is not respecting your team member or approaching things, not, you know, uh, going with their advice, not, um, not, you know, approaching it as a valued team member because there's this this gap in communication and so if that's the case we'll dig into it and try and, and assess that and help them close that gap but sometimes it's just you know there are jerks out there just frankly and sometimes you know a client is just comes on board and thinks they know everything and you know thinks your team member is trash and kind of communicates that and in that kind of scenario you have to be willing to fire a bad client. You know, we, we don't tolerate that type of approach. We'll certainly work with people who are, who are challenging to work with, where you've got to, you know, figure out personality mesh and, and make things work. But if it's just truly a jerk and they don't respect our team members, they don't appreciate the work we're doing for them, 
even if they're paying us money, you know, that's, that's just not the type of business we want to run. And it's not worth that money in the long run. And being willing to fire a client for those reasons is something that is very freeing to team members. Again, going back to, they know I've got their back and that I'm willing to do that. And I'll proactively say, Hey, this guy, you know, is this client not respecting you, giving you trouble? Do we need to let them go? And then we can have a conversation. And often what that conversation initially will look like is us going to the client and just very, very directly, obviously very nicely, diplomatically, but also directly saying, well, here, here's where things are at. You know, you've, you've hired us to be an expert for you, to provide our expertise, to manage your advertising campaigns, but you're not taking our advice. You're not treating our team members well, and then you're blaming us for results, you know, when things, when things go poorly, which is always one of the, uh, the fun scenario. And so we'll say, hey, we want to make this work but here's how it's going to have to work. You're going to have to trust us. You're going to have to work with us. You're going to have to listen to us. If you're willing to do that, awesome. We'd love to keep working with you and make you successful. If not, no worries. We're just not the best fit for you. Let's part ways, do it amicably, but you know, we're, not going to, we're not going to keep working and, and uh, keep being berated by you. And frankly, oftentimes having that kind of a direct conversation will fix the problem. The client doesn't even know they've been coming across that way or realizes, you know what, I've been so used maybe to micromanaging my campaigns in the past. I'm just having a hard time letting go. And you're right. I do need to let go. That's why I've hired you. I need to respect your opinion, respect your team members. And so that's kind of the ideal, uh, you know, the ideal result in those scenarios. And that's something that I can think of, you know, multiple examples where we've, where we've done that. And then I can also think of examples where, like you mentioned, um, a client says, Hey, I want to stop working with this team member. And that's never a fun conversation, but again, it's very much about digging in and assessing why is that? And we want to make sure a, that the client feels heard and we want to figure out, you know, what are their complaints, concerns about the team member? And again, often it comes back to those miscommunications, misperceptions that we can address. And the default shouldn't be, yes, I'll give you a new team member. Cool. Yeah, we'll move forward. The default should be, you know, look, I trust this team member, but I know they're doing a really good job for you. Let's figure out what the problem is here. And sometimes it's a personality conflict where your client and your team members have very different personalities and they do not mesh, mesh well. And I think there is sometimes a, a good argument to say, you know what, again, back up your team member. They've been doing well for you, but I can see you guys, your personalities just aren't the best alignment. Here's another team member who can work better with you. And it's, again, you've got to back up your team member, not say, oh yeah, you messed up. Here's a new team member. But you've got to, um, at the same time, understand that there's lots of different personalities out there and some people work, work better with others. And so being open to, again, listen, understand what's going on and, and make a decision in that scenario. So I can think of scenarios where we've done that, where we've you know, transitioned to a team member and scenarios where we've said, hey, no, they're doing great for you. You know, th this is who is responsible for your account. They know what's going on. If you want to keep working with us, you're going to need to keep working with them because they've got it under control. If that's not going to be a good fit, then, you know, we wish you the best and, and move on. And again, it all comes back to giving your team members that, um, that, that support, them knowing that you've got their back and that frees them up to, to handle that relationship with the client in a, in a better way. Thanks very much for sharing that, John, and, and sharing, you know, the, the, the personal story. I think there's, a range of different aspects of leadership that you kind of mentioned throughout that as you said it's listening doing a bit of discovery to really understand the root cause of that problem remaining like level-headed and calm which is very important in leadership as well but also like your teammates knowing that, that you've got their back if, if they're doing the right thing like you know no um fault is gonna i guess to come their way as such but also addressing that like problem head-on in the right way as you said kind of being direct and resolving and, and moving things forwards 
Um, one thing I'd love to kind of discuss with you, you mentioned you've got a team um, of around sort of 10 employees or so, and obviously you're, you're doing that remote work and you've got that, I, uh, the, the concept of having like remote lunches, dinners and, and that kind of thing. And I think this is probably something a lot of our um, listeners are in a similar position at the moment where they've got sort of small, medium-sized businesses, they've got teams that are perhaps working remotely as well. And there's the, we talk a lot about on this podcast about kind of fostering this culture and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I'd kind of love to hear your thoughts around how you sort of help build out that culture within your business and sort of make everyone sort of feel part of the team and, and things like that. I'd be curious to hear, hear your thoughts. A big part of it comes from the very beginning from the hiring process of mm-hmm. finding the right team members to bring on board. And that's something that we spend a lot of time, go through a lot of interviews looking for those right people who, A, obviously have the, the technical chops to do what they need to do for our clients and to fulfill the work that's expected from them, but also have the, the personality where there's, there's not the ego, where they're going to come on board and say, this is all about me and I'm not going to listen to ideas from team members or from clients. You know, I know what's best all the time and just, just listen to me and make things happen. That is something that can just tear your team apart when you bring on that type of person. And so from the very beginning, from hiring, we're looking to say, okay, we want team players, people who certainly are passionate about what they believe in and who are open to sharing that with team members, sharing that with clients, but who are also then open to that team aspect to to constructive feedback to saying, hey, what do you think about this? Let's brainstorm. And oh, hey, that's an awesome idea. Let's go and implement that for a client. And so, you know, if if you get things wrong during hiring, then really you've just, you're, you're, you're going to continue going wrong until you can part ways with that person. That's just, that's just the reality. They're just people that are not going to be right fit for your team. And so another thing that I think is important is when you bring on new team members, that first, you know, those first weeks, that first month of working with them are crucial to seeing how are they fitting into that culture? Do they have the work ethic? Are they open to training and feedback? And if not, you need to part ways with them quickly before they start to become, you know, for lack of a better word, a cancer within your team and start to make it a, uh, a non-pleasant work experience for your team members. And that's something that I am, uh, you know, have not always been uh, been as expeditious with as I should be in the past because you have again going back to that servant leadership side of things you know you want to see someone be successful you've brought them on you've invested in them you want to, you you want to say okay well maybe you need this you need some training you just need more time you need more grace but at the end of the day when you do that too much and extend too much of that to a team member who's not a good part of your culture you are tearing down your entire culture you are showing that um, as an example to your other team members of what's acceptable. You are making them feel less because, you know, you don't have the same expectations for this person as you do for them. And so it's really important to, to make those decisions early on. If, if you spot red flags, if you spot issues to, to part ways, you know, in good terms as, as much as possible from that, uh, from that team member. Oh, I can relate to that, John. I think that's um, something I've experienced as well and had to learn in the past. That It's almost like you really want them to be successful, as you say, and you feel a responsibility to them to be successful. And perhaps I've been guilty of giving that, taking that a little bit too, um, too long, really, before you make that, uh, make that decision to say it's got to be a goodbye, unfortunately. But you're not the only person to have said that and many people on this podcast have said the same thing and that's been kind of one of their one of their big learnings you've been growing your business for about 10 years now John and what would you sort of tell yourself 10 years ago that you know now about growing a business 
maybe you could wrap that into three three tips or something that you could help um, that you could share with our listeners. Yes, when it comes to building a business, I would say um, a couple of things come to mind. One is sales cures all. So it's really easy when you're growing a business to get into this loop where you're, you see some sales come in and then it's like, okay, well, we, we've got to execute on this. And so we're going to stop selling. We're going to stop getting new customers through clients. And we're going to you know, spend all of our time or focus on, on doing the work here. And you do that. And then you wake up two months later and you realize, well, you know, we're losing clients just through the normal attrition of, of life because you're, you're never going to keep all of your clients. We suddenly don't have the money to pay the team members we brought on board to execute. Now we need to go focus on sales and you kind of get into the cycle of never being able to grow or have stability in your company because you're not bringing in that steady stream of new business. And that steady stream of new business is what enables you to have the cash flow, have the money to be able to go hire the right people to then produce, you know, to, to do the work that, um, that you're doing for those clients. So there's a very close, you know, tango, obviously, between sales and execution. But I think a lot of businesses um, lose sight of sales sometimes when they get just bogged down in the details of execution. So sales cures all, I think, is important. Um, finding the right people, you know, it's, that's a, a cliche answer, but that is so important to building a successful business is looking for people, especially when, when you're small and you have, you know, one or two team members and they are critical to how you want to scale your business. If you have people who don't have a good work ethic or who aren't creative and willing to think outside of the box and wear different hats within your company as you grow, then you're going to have a very hard time growing and, and scaling as a company. So finding those right initial people, I think is, is crucial. And then two, I think, and in our business, and this is going to be a very, very practical tip, but tracking where you spend your time is something that we focus on with all of our team members and myself included. We, we track every minute of the day, where are we spending our time to what clients, um, if not to specific clients, to what types of work, whether it be marketing or sales or you know, strategic um, planning or whatever that may be. Because what you'll see when you actually track your time and go back and look at it, you start to see that the Pareto principle, that A20 rule of, oh, I'm spending 80% of my time on, you know, this one client over here who is paying me, you know, a little bit. And these clients over here, the ones that are actually growing our business, making money, maybe I need to fire this, this client because they're just not a good fit or figure out why they're taking so much time and you know, have a heart to heart with them so that I have time to focus on building my business, focus on strategic aspects. And so I would recommend you know, to any business owner out there, you and your team set up a time tracking software, it's super easy, super you know, streamlined to do and just start tracking and see where do you spend your time, what clients, what types of work, and then regularly monitor that and make decisions based upon the profitability of where you're spending your time. And also if you see, oh, I'm not spending any time on strategic planning. Well, that's a problem. I need to, you know, get out of the weeds one day a week and focus on that so I can keep scaling and growing my business and be prepared for those challenges coming you know, next year, five years down the road. I get a sense. I mean, thank you for sharing. And I get a sense that they're from your real life experience of taking your business to where it is today. Absolutely. Yes. No, it's uh, learned, learned from the trenches and, and still learning every day. We're, we're always learning. I think that's one of the things that everybody says, you know, as leaders, we, we never, we never quite get there. We're always learning new things. 
Um, as we kind of draw this to a close, um, are there any kind of last thoughts that you would like to leave us with? Yeah, I think it's it's a real privilege and honor to be a leader and to have people who trust you to direct them and to set the vision for you know, ultimately what what supports them, what allows them to support their families and, and be breadwinners. And so I think it's important to approach that with great humility. Um, but then at the same time, you know, along with that humility comes that side of things of understanding, yes, I'm here to support them and help them and grow them, but not to set expectations that are too low for them and not to allow them to skate by, you know, because you're setting expectations that are too low. And so it's finding the balance between humility, servant leadership, and yet also having high expectations and pushing them to achieve their potential, I think is, is really important. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that, John. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing. And I think you shared a lot of it, like important concepts in this discussion especially from like you know managing a, a, a small but like close-knit team that obviously producing like big results you know your premier partnership with google uh, and, and so on which i think will be like there's a lot of like practical tips in there that i think a lot of our listeners can actually go away take away and, and implement into their business and, and get results from um in the last kind of couple of minutes john i'd love to kind of sort of hand back over to you and, and share anything that's uh, what, what's going on in your business what, what are some exciting projects that you're working on or you'd like to you know whatever it is that you'd like to share with our listeners um, or any sort of closing remarks, how they can get in touch with you and, um, and find out more about, about what you guys do. Absolutely. I appreciate that. What we're focused on in our business is making our clients successful. And the area of expertise we bring to that is really digital advertising. So Google ads, Facebook ads, other advertising platforms. So we're always on the lookout for businesses that are going to be a good fit for us and vice versa that we can come alongside of and partner with them, team up with them and help them either improve the results they're seeing right now, if they're already on those channels or help them grow their business by getting onto those channels. So I just say, you know, anybody who's listening to this conversation who has a small, medium-sized, large business, whatever the size, um, if you're looking for some help, some expertise when it comes to digital advertising, I'd love to have my team have a conversation with you. You can check out our website, stepgroup.com, and we'll have you know, free evaluation, see what's going on, see if we could be a good fit to uh, help you ultimately make some money as that's, that's the goal of business. <laughs> Amazing. John, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure talking with you and um, thanks very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.